Securities Act. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. It has been interesting for me to watch the evolution of the pod as we make our way along season three. When we created the tagline for the show of Men, Myth, and the Hero's Journey, it was made to be specific enough to give me focus, but wide enough to make room for inspiration, the esoteric, and any other topics that caught my fancy. I knew that if we continued to focus on our collective awakening, the Great Awakening, as it's now being called, and give you tools for your own hero's journey, you would find value in the 30 minutes each week that you listen. As my own spiritual journey has progressed, I have found that my radar for truth is being fine-tuned by the divine. I know that many of you are having your own breakthroughs as well, whether that comes in the form of deepening your spiritual work and your spiritual practice, you're taking better care of yourself, or challenging the oftentimes surreal narrative of the mainstream media. I hope that you are finding that in the final analysis, we the people are one tribe and one heart. I've been promising you an episode on the UFO phenomenon, and I did an interview recently, but it just didn't come out good enough. It wasn't interesting enough. So I'm reaching out to a few more people as I'm committed to making a good episode or two on that topic. And I'm really excited about the upcoming guests. I think it will provide a nice balance between men's work, mythic viewpoints, the evolution of humanity, and some edgy red pill episodes for your consideration. I appreciate you riding shotgun with me. And thank you for all your emails and text messages of support for the show. I really appreciate it. My guest today is Brandon Clift, and he is the host of the Mankind Podcast, where he interviews leading researchers, experts, and influencers of change to find out how you can become a champion of healthy manhood. Brandon's mission is to break the archaic and outdated molds of manhood and masculinity that have led to many of the challenges we face in the world today. Here is my interview with Brandon Clift. Okay, I am here with Brandon Clift, podcast host, podcaster, new warrior, business coach, Brandon Clift. Brandon, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Good day, Tony. Great to be here, mate. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. Absolutely. We both, you know, I saw you're hosting uh, the Mankind podcast. And so I was like, all right, we got, we got somebody that's hosting a, another men's show, which is fantastic. I know lots of men that have done the Mankind Project's New Warrior training. I've sent a lot of men on, including my father. And across the board, always like really transformational. I mean, I don't know how you could not be altered, uplifted, changed, transformed, by that weekend. And I guess my first question is, is if you could paint a picture of Brennan before you did the weekend and after, what, what would be a way you would kind of say, this is how I was as a young man doing the training? How old were you when you did the training? Then coming out of it, what was different for you? Fantastic question. Um, yeah, it's, it's cool going back to 2016 when I initiated. Uh, the easiest and shortest answer I can give you is a, a young man who could theoretically understand a lot of things. Mm. Like theoretically, I understand the importance of, uh, of emotional intelligence. I can carry on a educated conversation about it, uh, about men's work. And, you know, my father went through when I was nine. So I had been exposed a lot to this kind of work. And so I went in with this, like my head was very clear on oh yeah, this is what men's work about. This is what my journey is going to be. This is what my work's going to be around. And then <laughs> I came off the mountain where I did my new warrior training and didn't meet any of my expectations. But 
what I did discover, what I did learn, what I did process was the medicine that I needed for that phase of life. And yeah, so so basically that's the, uh, <laughs> the takeaway I got from that weekend is really starting to create that separation between the head and the heart, knowing that my head can come up with all sorts of answers to things, but really it was my heart that was uh, looking for a voice. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, I remember... You know, I had grown up as an athlete and, you know, so I've been around guys my whole life, right? And, but I just carried, I think because I was a creative person, I worked in alternative health, you know, I didn't have a traditional status job necessarily. And so when I got done with college, I just, I just, you know, I interacted well with men, but it was just, I just didn't feel included in the tribe in some way. You know, I felt excluded in some way that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And doing the weekend brought me fully, like when I left after Sunday, there was no question that I was a man and that I belonged in the tribe of men and I had a lot to offer that tribe. And um, that was invaluable for me. And I, I also thought it was interesting that of all the processes that you do on that weekend, I'm not giving anything away, that when, you t- when I talk to men afterwards in the small groups that we do, the processes that were the most mind-blowing for me, the most memorable, you know, the four or five that I listed as my top, other men had completely different processes that were their top four or five. And, and then the next guy had another four. So it was like, you know, every man got to go through the same processes, but what they took away from it was always unique to the man. I always thought that was a brilliant way to train men. Uh, as they do it the same all over the world, but men take different things from it. I don't know if you found the same thing that once you started talking to men about what you think of that process, what you think of that process is that they had quite a different experience than you did in it. Absolutely. Well, you know, I think what that does is it validates the experience of each individual. You know, it's, it's so common that we hear language about men having power, toxic masculinity, you know, things that, you know, there are things at play, right? There are things that have been at play for a very long time. But to, to try and zoom out and have the conversation so broadly, to, to try and paint not just men, but any group of people with a, with a broad stroke really does a disservice to the individuals inside of those communities, right? right. Or, right. or of those races. And so, yes, I, I agree. I love that I can read the same book as someone else and they get something completely different out of it. And that validates the individual experiences of, of all of us. So thank you for sharing your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing I think that's really valuable on that weekend is because a lot of men don't have a regular sort of ritual space that they step into. You can go, men can go decades without even touching ritual space. They just work and come home, maybe they're family men or whatever. And all of a sudden there's this deep sacred sense on the weekend. And it really, it's got this soulful quality that it reminds you of something that maybe you don't want to leave behind moving forward in your life. And, and so I'm, I'm a big believer in that part as well, um, setting intention in men's groups. And it's become, you know, a cornerstone of my own um, spiritual life. And so that, that part as well, I think is super valuable. Um, are you in a men's group too? Do you do that kind of work? Or are you just hosting the show right now? I'm in and out of men's groups right now. I haven't really found... Uh, I had a very strong community back in Australia. Um, yeah. I, I felt integral to that community and, and, yeah. and went through a lot of work. Right. A, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of tears and spit <laughs> were yeah, involved yeah, yeah. In, building, in building community with those men. Um, yeah. I moved to Utah. I 
got a sense of it there. Um, now that I'm in Tennessee, I, I really haven't just found that place just yet. I feel a call to start one here because Chattanooga yeah. doesn't have a non-denominational men's group. They're all right. faith-based. And so yeah. I want to I be a part of, and I don't want to lead it, but I want to be a part of helping bring together leaders in their, in their own right to create a men's group. And, and I feel like that's where I'm going to find my place. Yeah, that's beautiful. Uh, what do you see? You know, you you, you have con- conversations with men. You've been in this community for a while now. What do, what do you think is the edge right now that you see collectively for men? Like the edge of our learning. What is what? What would you like to see men really, you know, master in the next generation? Say, that's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a good it's a good question though. Yeah. I think a distinction first needs to be made that. Although I am the host of the Mankind podcast, mm-hmm. the show where we break the molds of modern manhood to prove there's more ways than one to be a man. And it's attached to one of the world's largest men's support organizations in the world. I myself, even though I'm the host, I don't consider myself an authority or a, an expert on men's issues. What I do in my role is I, I just model what it means to be the layman who's just trying to figure this stuff out. So it's tricky for me to answer your question, but where I feel called as a man, where my edge is, basically let curiosity lead my path. So for example, I have a lot of people come on to talk about uh, gender issues, racial issues. These are all things that I do not feel versed in facilitating conversations around, yet I am the facilitator of these conversations. And what it does... That's challenging, yeah. It's challenging. It it helps expose my blind spots to a lot of issues. And so I think the edge for me and what I would like to think could be the edge for for all people Mm. is to choose to live on that edge and and not just to accept things the way that they are, but to investigate them before having an opinion on them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Yeah. With my conversations with men, I think one of the challenges and, and the, a little bit of the edge I can see in the collective is I would like to see us grow our ability to be able to hear different opinions, different viewpoints, and not be so divisive. In this country, it's it feels very sharply divided on a number of issues. And it I think, not that it, women wouldn't be called to do this, I'm just speaking right now for men, that I, I would love to see the male tribe really gain skill and mastery at getting their arms around everyone rather than uh, I'm on the left or I'm on the right or I'm this way or I'm that way or I don't like that. Um, where we can start to identify the tribe as a whole and instead of the different subdivisions and, and identities that we have. Um, I think that's going to be called into play more and more as we, as we go through the years. Um, but it's something that is sort of painful to watch as I watch people um, argue constantly about uh, this or that, and um, it doesn't really end. And it's in every tribe. I mean, it's in families, it's in friend groups, friends get split over issues. And I would love to see men in our wisdom grow our ability to be a little more in our king archetype, where we're a little bit more um, can listen to different voices and still carry a, a male strength or, or wisdom or groundedness into what we're doing. Gotcha. I, I'm, I'm curious, what do you mean by tribe as a whole? Uh, humanity. <laughs> humanity. Got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got you. Yep. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think the interesting thing is I think a lot of people want that, but mm. they, they get so stuck on the things that separate us. Um, I spoke with a great man. He said, uh, he goes, if you were to look at the Venn diagram of what relates us, whether you're trying to storm the capital on the right or cancel someone on the left, right? I, and I hate setting up binaries, but let's just use that as an example. Sure. The Venn diagram, the crossover would be humongous of what relates us. Mm-hmm. But it's these things on the outside that we choose to get stuck on. And maybe there's valid reasons to be passionate and to to fight for whatever those things are. But yeah, sometimes it gets in the way of seeing the human across the aisle yeah. that we might be even diametrically opposed to. Mm-hmm. To start first with going, well, where's the compassion to go? Well, there's a human being that their reality, whatever they're experiencing to them is real. Totally. Is yeah. painful right, is mm-hmm. causing these things, these emotions to come up. Let's first validate that. Although we may not validate the means just to first see the human being, regardless of how insane we might see them or, or their views. Yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, I, I loved your, uh, you talk about in your business coaching, you lead uh, mission-driven entrepreneurs and you're really connected to your mission. Was was your mission, was that something that you created on the weekend? Was it easy for you to create? I know some men, uh, it comes just pouring out of them and it's quite easy to create a mission statement and then and then that's what they that's what they live into coming off the weekend. Other men, it, it's a little more piecemeal. They, they kind of build it over time because they don't quite have it in a way that feels quite right and, and they have to work at it. Were you one that... It, came quickly or did you have to slowly build it over months maybe? Yeah, I know what you're talking about too. Um, mate, my mission today is version 17.0. <laughs> yeah. um, f- for me, mission is something that has to feel unattainable. Mm. It has to be just out of reach because that's mm. what was going to put me on my edge. And so, I mean, my, my living mission statement today is I create a world of love and connection by speaking my truth and facing the raw like I face the scary things in my life. And do yeah. I do that every day? Absolutely not. But it's ambitious. Yeah. And it, it, it causes me to stand on the ledge a yep. lot to to kind of face the fears and take the leap. Um, so yeah, it, it continually changes. And I feel like mission to me is my mission is something that acts as a tool or a compass, you could say, to uh inform my decisions. <laughs> Absolutely. And then what about shadow? Was that an easy one to create as well? Was it easy to flip it and create? what might get in your way or what might stumble you along your mission? Mate, hello, darkness, my old friend. Shadow <laughs> is... <laughs> I, I have a pretty intimate relationship with my shadow side. Um, you know, the parts of me that we say in the Mankind Project, uh, we hide, repress, and deny. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that the sooner that I was able to come to grips to go, you know what? I may never, I will never get rid of this shadow, yeah. but I can remove its power to the best of my ability. Whereas when I used to say this thing, when I used to react in this way, it doesn't happen all the time because I can still act like a yeah. five-year-old in the midst of a tantrum. Yep. Um, but I, I have taken a lot of power away from it and it, it makes me live with more inter- integrity and more congruence to my mission. Yeah. Having become close to that shadow. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for being so honest about it. I mean, I, I, with, I remember just being so relieved that the shadow was going to be going with me on my hero's journey because mm. I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to eliminate the self-doubt or the fear or the, you know, playing it small. So, so just briefly, my, my mission is I create a world of inspiration and joy by taking risks and leading men. And 
my shadow mission is I create a world of indecision and confusion by playing it safe and making myself small. And men that are new to men's work sometimes are surprised at how, um, you know, how easily maybe you and I claim our shadow, but it's super important. Like you said, if it doesn't, if you don't claim it, it's, it's going to chip away at your energy. It's going to hide. It's, you're going to go down dark paths of addiction or denial, or, you know, you'll be doing all kinds of weird stuff. If you don't keep it out in front of you and know, Hey, this is one of the ways, this is a statement that declares where I might get in my own way. And I can see it sometimes in my interactions with my wife where I I'm indecisive and confused. Um, I think it shows up for me. The shadow shows up for me with money at times because I'm a creative person. And so yep. I kind of carry that, you know, I can't have, you know, all the gold I have to, I have to, you know, I don't know if I could do that. I don't deserve that. So I carry a little bit of that self-loathing or just, you know, self-denial a little bit in the shadow when it comes to abundance. Um, and then, but my mission is, you know, the show, the writing, the men's groups, all that flows out of, out of my stated mission. So, um, I love it. I love mission and shadow work. I do it with men all the time and I find it really valuable. Even when they haven't done the weekend, I feel like they get it. They understand the, the dynamic of it. Yeah, no, I hear that. I resonate with, uh, with some of what you shared for sure. Um, so you've got the podcast. How are you liking doing it? Man, it's challenging. It is, right? My mission with the podcast, uh, you know, we're, at, we're 18 episodes in, but we have 65 interviews in the bank. Yeah. We have a humongous bottleneck right now. Yeah. And, you know, I've had to face my shadows a lot with the podcast. You know, the reason why we have 65 interviews and we've only released 18 is because of perfectionism getting in the way, which was fueled by this story of I'm not good enough. Yep. And I have to ask myself this question all the time of, you know, really investigating my worthiness to be in the seat, mm. to be hosting these conversations. I mean, you know, the Mankind Project, it's yep. usually middle-aged dudes that have been kissed by the mist of time, right? Totally. I'm, I'm, I'm 28, yeah. right? I'm, I'm in very much in those kind of rooting, drinking and drugging yep. <laughs> days that, that, that many of my uh, colleagues at the Mankind Project experienced. Yep. And so I have to, I have to really remind myself all the time that you know I'm, I'm the one brave enough to have the kind of courageous conversations and, and, and really, I hate echo chambers. Mm-hmm. I hate echo chambers because it's easy for me to bring on guests that I agree with, yeah, and just to nod there and go, yep, 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 right. Like just, just, just let's just confirm all of my biases that mm-hmm. I have about the world, about politics, about gender, about, but that's not going to lead to growth. That's not going to lead mm-hmm. to connection. So if I have a guest on that may be quite polarizing, how can I not only challenge the guest in a way that is going to show their humanity, mm-hmm. give some backstory as to why they behave in this or, or, or speak a, a certain way, and also ask a question on behalf of the person who tried to storm the Capitol and then the other person trying to cancel someone on the internet. Yep. Like to, on behalf of them to know that these conversations aren't just taboo, right? Right. right. That, that there's, there's more cohesion if we can actually have these courageous conversations. And like I just shared with you before coming onto the show, I just ended an interview with... Uh, with, with Le Manoir, who is a, a film director and documentarian. And a lot of his work is around race mm-hmm. and racial equity. And in that interview, I had, 
I was, my racism was exposed. Mm -hmm. And that was terrifying. We have 1.6 million people on Facebook that follow us. And that was a live video. I was there cacking my britches, but I had to like, kind of like just let my heart lead and lean into that discomfort. And it's possibly one of the most rewarding conversations I think I've ever had. That's great. Because I mean, I could have danced around the issues all day and asked him questions from the outset from an objective lens. But if I'm not willing to stand in the fire, mm-hmm. what are we even doing? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, so so one of the most challenging things you find about it is perfectionism getting in the way of getting the episodes out. So you have a, this backlog. You have a huge backlog of interviews. I mean, I'm just, I yeah. interview and I crank them out. Like, it's just like, mm-hmm. yours is going to be Tuesdays, right? It's like yeah. 65 up, you know, I'd be like, it would almost cause more problems for me mm-hmm. than like, yay, I've got a year's worth of interviews, right? Because <laughs> I'd be yeah. like, which order am I doing these in? At least when mm-hmm. I'm, you know, um, is that the most challenging part is, setting aside the shadow that says, no, 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 you could, it could be better if you just make this, record this again, or uh, what, what is it that, that slows it down? Well, yeah. Um, so yes and yes. Uh, I have a great team. I'm very fortunate that I don't produce the episodes, uh, mm-hmm. but I do have to cut them up. So I have to listen to them again. I have to find the sound bites. I have to chop them up so that uh, Michael, my uh, producer, can go in and edit them and, and give me an end product, then I have to listen to it again to make sure it's right. But I also have a full-time position with business coaching. I have a uh, responsibility to my clients there. And sometimes I have to wear different hats. I think that's been the biggest challenge is to go from a very lizard brain business conversation, uh, whether it's strategy, whether it's like building a, a, a new campaign to then really tap into my heart space and have a really challenging conversation with someone on a very difficult taboo topic. Yep. That's the challenge. And so for me, it's really a mask thing is, you know, I, I don't want to have a mask in the bedroom that I bring to the boardroom and vice versa. Right, exactly. <laughs> I just want Brandon Cliff to turn yeah. up yeah. and do his best. And that's becoming easier as time's going on. And in fact, through the podcast, that is becoming a lot easier hmm. that, you know what, I'm going to interview someone. It could be on race, it could be on sex, it could be on anything. And you know what, I could completely put my foot in my mouth, expose a real side of my naivete mm-hmm. or, or, uh, or, or ignorance. Mm-hmm. And you know what, that's just part of it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's that willingness to stand in the fire that I just got to remind myself to honor myself with and, and understand that that's just a part of the process. I just absolutely yeah I'm that's just, great I'm just, I'm just on this growth path in a very public eye <laughs> it's good I mean I commend you on your willingness to put your a lot of people uh, a lot of men would have not taken the microphone right for the reasons that you mentioned so I I completely acknowledge and honor your courage for doing it um, mine was not as scary, although I had never really done a podcast when I stepped into base camp for men and I got offered it and I said, yes. And I was like, I had barely listened to a podcast when I said yes to it. Like, I think I'd listened yeah. to Rogan like twice. So I knew what they were, but I was like, I'm just going to say yes and see what I can do. And then I yeah. found out, Oh, I really love doing these. You know, it's really part of my mission to have these conversations. Um, so, um, but it, you know, if we were to send a listener over to Mankind Podcast. What are one or two that you've done of the 18 that you're really fond of or that you would maybe want them, 
it might not be the first one. Maybe there's a great interview you did that you're super proud of, uh, one or two that people could go listen to because I want them to to get connected to you and start to listen to your show as well. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, the the first one that springs to mind would be uh, episode seven with Tony Porter uh, from A Call to Men. You know, have men and boys been forced into a box? We really dive deep into uh, what Paul Kivel and, and eventually Tony Porter coined as the man box, right? The unspoken rules for men. And, yep. and we learned this from the playground that all sensitivities and desires for nurture and connection have to be uprooted from, like, from right from the jump if you're a man or if you're a boy. And then you need to learn that to survive, don't show weakness, be powerful, win at all costs. Mm-hmm. And that model... When explained to people, everyone can go, I know exactly what the rules are. I can tell you the rules of the man box right now if you ask them. Like, what were the rules of the playground? You hear the same thing. Be heterosexual, right? Be tough. Don't be a girl. Yep. Uh, But it's those messages that when you say don't be a girl, you may not be thinking or talking about women whatsoever, but what does it mean? What do you say to someone about the value of women when you say, don't be a girl. Right, exactly. So Tony does a really great job of eloquently kind of just laying it out. And what I love, something he said that I I almost say daily to people now is that we're in a very confrontational uh, place right now in society, whether it's around Black Lives Matter, whether it's around the Me Too movement, whether it's around uh, politics in this country. It's very easy for me to indict someone for having a different view or belief than me. Mm-hmm. But what's that going to achieve? Where instead I could invite them into a conversation, invite them into a dialogue. I've heard someone else call it. It's not calling them out. It's calling them in. Mm-hmm. And from that episode onwards, I've gone into every conversation with that kind of reference of, you know what? I really want to reach the hearts of men mm-hmm. who disagree with everything we're talking about. Because that's how not only my mission, but the mission of the Mankind Project is going to succeed. Um, so I'd say episode seven is a really, really great jump off point. And then uh, episode 14 with my one of my best friends on this planet, Amber Hawken, the dark side of personal development. Ah. And oh, mate, this, uh, we, we, it was just fun. It's just a fun interview with one of my best friends. Like, it just felt so natural. And we dove into the, uh, you know, we're in a, a world of coaches right now. And mm. Everyone is quitting their jobs and becoming a life coach and power to them. But she really talks about the importance of, you know, before you're out there in a position to really change people's lives, like, have you integrated? what it is that you're teaching. Like, is it fully integrated into your life? And she gives great examples of people she knows, people she's worked with that have, uh, you know, had a transformational experience. And then two weeks later, they've got a landing page up about how to make a million, (laughs) how to make a million dollars by tapping into your sexual energy. Like, so that, that was just fun, a fun interview. And, uh, 
yeah. But but you'll see you'll see in the titles of the episodes we don't duck or dodge any any tough conversations. No, I know you don't. I'll go check out episode fourteen. That sounds like a really. I always like hearing uh, hosts when they've got somebody on that they really are connected to, like a good friend and stuff. It's really nice to hear. So I'll go check that one out. Is Brandon? Do you have any creative projects that you'd like our listeners to know about besides the podcast? Is there any? Uh, you did say you're a business coach. Is there any anything you want to tell the listeners? You got anything coming up that maybe is relevant for our listeners? Yeah, you know, I wouldn't say the business coaching is relevant for the listeners unless they're at a they're unless they're in in business themselves. Uh, you know, I, I kind of like I have work and play. Right? When people say, "What do you do?" I say, "Work or play." Mm-hmm. <laughs> play is the mankind project in the podcast, and 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 work is the business coaching. Um, you know, I'd say the podcast. Come check out the podcast. I think it's uh, that's where I'm really feeling filling my cup and feeling like I'm living my life on mission. The, uh, the business coaching is a humongous part of my, my journey and my path. And it's very, very rewarding. But for the sake of, I mean, the context of your show and my show, yeah. I think the podcast would be the place to go. I don't have any programs or blogs to check out. Um, I really would just would uh, appreciate someone just to give an episode a chance and, and check it out and see if it's for them. Because Absolutely. I love that people like you, like me, uh, are having conversations like this and that we are normalizing conversations around manhood, masculinity, and the experience of boys and men. Uh, it's huge and it's changing the world. So the more people that are doing podcasts like this, the more people that are having conversations, I'm here for it. Well, Brennan, thanks so much for coming on Basecamp for Men, bringing your insights and your wisdom. And thank you for stepping into the driver's seat for the Mankind Projects on the podcast because you're doing a great job. You're in mission. Um, the topics that are being talked about are super important. So good job. Keep up the great work uh, and keep representing and uh, keep the conversations elevated and, and honest. And thank you for coming on and being vulnerable with us today. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Tony. It's been fun. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Brandon. You can find the Mankind Podcast at all the places you listen to podcasts. I like the sound of episode seven with Tony Porter, so that might be a great place to start. Also, for months, I've been meaning to recommend Jeremy Elliott of the Iconic Podcast. Jeremy speaks truth to power and does it in a really gracious and skillful way. Like many other podcasters, I do not have time to listen to that many other podcasts as I'm busy making my own. But I have recognized in Jeremy a kindred spirit, a man who is committed to truth and the elevation of our human tribe. He is not available on the usual podcast platforms, though. The best way to listen to Jeremy is to go to the Iconic Podcast on Facebook. You can also find him on YouTube, although they are deeply censoring voices like his, or BitChute. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Base Camp for Men.